Welcome to the Wise Men Say podcast, the preview show. No ga- midweek game to look back on this week, so God knows what we're going to find to talk about and look at this week. But there's a game on the horizon, and I'm sure we'll get some nice Twitter questions as well. So plenty of hashtag content for you all. I'm Roy Fallow, joined as always on a Thursday by Matthew Keelan. Hello. How are you, Matthew? How are you this dark November evening? Yeah, all right. Been a boring in it with no football well with no proper football during the week yeah no um, international breaks until March though that's that's good right, that good that innit because yeah. it's the rubbish and <laughs> yeah. no one cares about international football until <laughs> June when everyone cares yeah stop pretending that you're getting excited over that gif of Jack Grealish doing a flick nobody cares <laughs> it was good like it was good but like everyone was going on about it like no you're trying too hard here I know you are talking to Matthew though who does love Grealish. Do love him, like, so he, he's, he, he's now changing his opinion on internationals because Grealish has been like lauded. So but got two, man, two man of the match awards. But Craig, so, to be fair, and that obviously games. we're joined by Craig Clark as well. Two pods in a week for Craig Clark. That's Matt only loves Jack Grealish when he's playing for Villa. I think. I, yeah, I like that when he wasn't he going to play for Ireland or something for a bit and then decided yeah. not to. <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah, Declan Rice for... actually did and then converted <laughs> well <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speaking of uh, Irish loyalties we're also joined on a, what, was, what, what has become a regular Thursday occurrence now by Mickey Loff hi lads you, uh, you, do you hate Jack Grealish then Mickey because <laughs> he turned down <laughs> to play for, for the Republic of Ireland I mean to clarify I do support the English national football team <laughs> to <before>. clarify <laughs> I'd like the place on record yeah, I'm not going to go to Jack Grealish's house wearing a balaclava before, <laughs> before we mentioned gone wild with Union Jacks and all that kind of carry on oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well spoke a bit about fume there or potential fume how are we still feeling after Saturday lads now that we've had you know we've had no midweek games so we've had to dwell on this one a little bit longer than we usually would. We haven't even had any Papa John's trophy to distract us. <laughs> Is everyone... Because, you know, Matt, we... People were saying after the... Re- people, thousands of people, a few people on Twitter said <laughs> that we were quite measured on the reaction pod and we weren't too know, fuming. Well. Are, are you more fuming now, though, or are you still feeling a bit really. philosophical about <laughs> us? <laughs> really? I think it's been affected by not being able to go to the match and that. Because like I do seem to get over it, you know, a little bit quicker than I, I would have in in the past. But I'm not still fuming about that. It's Thursday, I was over it by Sunday. Well, like y- y- we were, we, look, we were crap. Right, the game was awful. We were rubbish, and we deserved to get beat. But Jesus wept. Like it happens. <clears throat> like people, like people go through bad patches like teams go through bad periods of form it happens the best teams do it Man City have had a nightmare start of the season they've been rubbish like teams lose to other teams Liverpool lost 7-2 to Aston Villa like speaking of Grealish I, do, I don't think well because of him mainly <laughs> but I don't I don't think like you know we've had a shit time we've had a shit like five years or something like it's going to say it's a bad spell of four minutes. It's been going on for a decade. <laughs> I, but we've had, Christ, we've had worse times in recent years than this to get fuming about. We've lost a couple of games and it's been rubbish and I agree it's been terrible, but dear me. Yeah, and as what you say about not being able to go, I think that kind of works the other way as well. Like, yeah, you 
you get over it a bit quicker, but things are shit at the minute, and I want to look forward to the game. Like, I know. so I'm not it's gonna, like, I'm like not gonna football, sit, like, I'm not gonna sit before the game and be like, like sat with me. You know, like that miserable. We've all sat near a miserable bloke in the ground. Well, we might be related to some of them. Who knows? I am the miserable but, bloke yeah, in the ground. Exactly <laughs> when we beat the matches with Craig. But you know, you've all sat near that person who like hates certain players, so doesn't celebrate when they score, yeah. or like just is determined <laughs> to not enjoy it at all. Yeah, we would actually be petty enough to do that. To be fair, Mickey but has you... never not celebrated a goal. Yeah, with to be fair, ult- Mickey, ultimate force. Mickey Mick's been through four laptops since the season started. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, but it's true though, isn't it? Like you want to enjoy the game. No, it's not even... true. I haven't been through four laptops. <laughs> no, you haven't. Been, no, you've actually been through ten. It's five. <laughs> oh, uh, <anyway>. Same <laughs> wavelength. Enjoy yeah, I like things as, as much as possible so I'm not going to like sit and hope for a crap result so it spells the end of points I'm like no I actually no. this is still you know football is still an escape at the minute even though you know you're watching it with your laptop plugged into the telly or whatever it's still an escape I still want to get you know a bit of enjoyment and yes it's like you were saying that it's frustrating when things don't go well but it's not going to take away any sort of hope or you know you know you know like when you've had your second pint on a match day and your optimism kicks in even when you were playing like man united away or something like that, it's like well you know if we can keep them out for an hour or whatever i still want to have that feeling i still want to create that as much as possible so like you know can we can we ramp up some enthusiasm on the pod this week lads i am i mean i am i am looking forward to the game at the weekend it's it's about the only thing that you can do at the minute that's like not not going to work or going for a walk or a coffee. The only well, thing you can do is like watch football, and I want to try. You're right. I want to try and enjoy it. I'm not just gonna. I'm not gonna let it spoil like any moment of like <laughs> brief happiness that you might have by being able to watch some sport. At least fuck me. At least it's happening this time. At least we've got something to watch. Well, yeah, exactly. Stuck in the house from March to whatever thousands of months later it was <laughs> without anything to watch. So quite grateful to watch. Josh Scowen be rotten in the middle of the park. <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> Strong words. How do you feel about Craig? And my words. Sorry, Craig. And the word, actually my words. It's gone, he's lost it. It's just making noises. Aye, <laughs> aye noises, aye. It's like that time we had to criticise Max Power after the playoff semi-final. I don't, want, I don't like to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, Matthew's uh, discombobulated at the minute. But Mick, you're our, you know, our regular sort of optimist. You're, you're always the one who will try and, you know, not not get too bogged down and try and enjoy the match experience. As we said, you've already smashed up 10 laptops. How how was your fume levels going into the game on Saturday? Um, my fume levels last Saturday were quite high. I think it's the first time I've really oh, well, been... <laughs> forget it then. <laughs> it, it's the first time, I've, I think like Gareth said on Monday, it's the first time that I've been like really affected by a result for longer than like a few hours. Because like, it was just like everything... I know everyone's been over it from the team selection that the performance was just terrible, but I'm not so about it now I'm, I can't say I'm particularly looking forward to the game on Saturday but I think some people are going a little bit overboard with how good Doncaster are and I've said this a lot that people do tend to overrate teams in this league I mean how many times have we heard like the Oxford game we we're going to get beat there we we're going to get overrun in the midfield and there's been so many instances where we turn up and we actually do get a win and I think Saturday there's no reason at all why we can't go there and win even though we've had a few bad games Doncaster have been very inconsistent also and the 11th in the league and if we were 11th in the league people would be fuming so we've got to go into the game on Saturday with the mentality that we can get the three points 
Yeah, agree, agree strongly. Um, takeover is obviously looming in the background as well, which is maybe bringing out the knives a little bit because people are wanting to see change and they think like new investments coming in. Is that going to see the end of Parkinson? We, you know, we've seen reports that they're looking at potential sporting directors. That was um, mentioned in Le Keep, I think. Um, Chris Weatherspoon has write, written a, a good oh. detail. I know. Unfortunately, <laughs> Jesus unfor- unfortunately, we've got to give credit where it's due. It's a very good detail. I haven't read it yet. Detailed piece on, on the site, wisemensay.co.uk. So go over to that um, after you've listened to this, though, obviously, and get yourself Matthew- filled, filled in on that. But anyone, does gro- anyone- groans weren't much of an advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know it's only joking though. It comes from a place of love, but does right. do you think the takeover stuff that's rumbling, Craig? Do you think that's you know making people a bit more hungry for like just wholesale changes at the minute because we've had that little sort of blip in form as well? Like, like I don't get obviously as a club we are much bigger than Parkinson. We've been over this. We weren't. We, none of us wanted him when he came in. He wasn't on any of our shortlists. The reasons for that were partly because when. It was in sort of suggested Ross might go. The, the 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 vibes we were being given were that the person who we would likely then bring in as a replacement would be an upgrade. So people like Phil Parkinson just weren't on the supporters' radar. And I think people are falling into a very similar trap now. And I sort of said this on Monday, and I'm not being defeatist and I'm not diminishing the size of the club. As a football club, we should be able to attract the top sort of echelon of manager in league one terms but one we haven't been taken over two if we are taken over we have no idea what the motivation of this guy is we don't know anything about him we don't know what his plans are things like the sport and director stuff it's all talk until it happens the fact of the matter is things can get worse that isn't being negative it's just saying look at phil parkinson look at his record think about who you could end up with instead it, you just don't know who it, who they would they would be considering. Uh, also, the idea that a new owner is going to mean, all right, say we did get a sporting director, you don't actually know that who this person's going to be, what their agenda is. We've been down this road before, and it hasn't worked. That doesn't mean it won't work again if you get it right. But for the time being, as far as I can see, and there's no absolutely nothing to suggest Parkinson's going anywhere. I think Gareth got it absolutely spot on on Monday. We were in a much worse spell of form last season when he came in. If the club weren't going to sack him then, they're certainly not going to sack him when we're in the top six, top seven. But with I m- think... No, sorry, go ahead, Matt. No, no, I just I just sort of... Just on that as well, like the takeover, any potential takeover, it doesn't mean that we're just going to go out and buy... You can't do that anyway. So, like, kind of... You kind of... Your hands are tied to an extent and what sort of manager... Would you be able to attract even with money in inverted commas because we can't really spend it because of the the wage cap thing that's on and the the salary whatever it is the salary cap so even with even with new owners like what I think it's sort of a bit clouded in what people actually want because it's all if you're in the Premier League or whatever great your new owners like when Newcastle were going to get take over taken over and didn't and they were going to get all of Paris Saint-Germain's side great you can go out and do that you can go out, <laughs> but you can't do it at this level because of the restrictions you're working under so what it's all very well saying you've got to you know get a, a higher class of a manager but is that going to appeal to 
to a manager to come down to League One and not be able to spend any money, no matter how much is sitting there? Is that gonna is that gonna yeah. be something that you're gonna be looking at? You know, decent-ish Championship managers. That's probably what yeah. it's, it's gonna open up to. And, and to be honest, I'm, I'm trying. I was trying to think there, like who would that actually be? It's not probably going to be anyone who gets the pulses racing you're probably going to go back to maybe a Jack Ross style manager Mm -hmm. and maybe go down the feels a bit weird talking about because Parkinson I agree I don't think he's in in any immediate danger I think maybe another couple of bad results and coupled with new owners that could spell the end of him because these the main reason Parkinson didn't get sacked before well maybe not the main reason but a, a significant factor was the current owners couldn't pay him off. If this new ownership's coming in, the money probably would be there to pay up his, what, 18 months remaining. So I get that, but Mm. you probably are still going to have to go for a sort of young, more ambitious manager or... You know, a, a Paul Cook type, maybe, but I think a Joe Royal, a Joe Royal, <laughs> your Joe Royals of this world, perhaps. all the classics, maybe Gareth Ainsworth, even who knows? Yes, brother, Gareth Barker. the dream. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mick, what were you gonna say? Yeah, look, I, I do understand like the uh, the frustration because like who do you direct your frustration to when you go on a bad run? It's a manager. It's always a manager, and I do think that Parkinson he is kind of symbolic of this ownership and kind of. The league oneification of Sunderland almost was kind of secured the day we appointed Phil Parkinson. And I think a lot of people <laughs> see Parkinson as being very much kind of as one with these owners and the kind of lack of ambition around the club. So I can see why um, a change in ownership, even if it is just a reshuffle, I can understand why that would bring fresh optimism. But I also agree with what you have been saying. <laughs> I think we can all agree that Phil Parkinson is like a symptom rather than the cause of the situation that we're in at the moment. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not absolutely. his fault we're in League One. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. You I could argue think... it is. It's it, he's playing a part in not getting us out of it. Like yeah, fair exactly. enough. But I mean, you know, trying to get us out of it the other way last season. For <laughs> a while. I'm not a, like look, look. I'm not a Phil Parkinson <laughs> apologist by any stretch of imagination, and I also understand the support's frustration. But it's like you say. When, while we're in the position that we are in, if we go out and get a manager and let's say they have a slow start, do you sack them as well? It, it, well? it is it is kind of one of them where I'm not saying that we should be careful what we wish for because we're Sunderland in League One, we should always be striving for better. But let's say, like you say, we get rid of Parkinson and you bring in like somebody who has a similar kind of like CV and track record because I, f- I figure that would be what would happen. And like Craig said, it's not like the last takeover where you were thinking about Chris Hughton and people of that calibre. You're now thinking very much like kind of Paul Coote is about the best that you get. And I would welcome someone like him coming in, don't get me wrong. But it's not like such a dramatic step up that I would argue that like Parkinson must go immediately. Well, I think the other thing is that... I think we've been through such like a, a mill of new managers that getting a new manager has now become getting a new owner. Like that's that's the new solution to the problem is let's get bought out again. Now, you know, great, you've got to give anyone a chance who comes in, right? And say say someone does come in in the next few weeks, great. That isn't, it's not a magic wand, just like a new manager isn't a magic wand. It's going to take time. And in some ways you kind of, unless things go disastrously wrong and we're like, 10th 11th 12th then you've got to start thinking the manager really you know has to go if we're we're in that position at Christmas but if we're in the top six you need to sort everything out behind the scenes and then look at who you want to be your man to front that because it's got to be a substantial sort of systemic 
structural change in the background. It's not just, oh, we've got a new owner, that means everything's okay. Because we've been told by the current ownership <clears throat> lots of things that sound good. Well, look at things look at recruitment, so, like, over the last it. summer. Like, you know, we brought Bailey Rice back in, who was here in January. We lost, we've had a downgrade on our goalkeeping situation with John Definitely. McLaughlin leaving. And obviously, Remy Matthews has come in as mainly a num- the number two. But with Burge starting, that's definitely a downgrade. Our best back three is players who were here last season. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. That's probably one area we didn't need to, to strengthen. So I think there's some ridiculous stat, like when we've played Wright, Flanagan and Willis together, we haven't lost a game when we played them as a, in a back three, which given mm. that Bailey Wright came in in January, could probably tally. But, you know, it's still Denver Hume at left back. It's still Luke yeah. 9 at right back. Again, not digs on them as players. You know, there is a bit of depth around them with, you know, McFadden, for example, but he's dead now. It's still Grant Ledbetter in midfield with yeah. Scorn and Power mainly as the two. What have, we haven't really or Dobson, added... and he's been here for over a season Exactly. Now. The so... only, you know, O'Brien and Graham have came in up front and they've been poor. <laughs> yeah. They've been really poor. A pair poor. of planks. Yeah, like they've been... As I said on Monday, and I'll stick by it, they have been. No, they've O'Brien, been yeah, maybe, maybe showed some flashes O'Brien, in his first like... couple of games, but then he's just, he's he's, ro- he's looked rotten, to, to borrow Matthew Keelan's phrase. And Gra- <laughs> Graham just... Time it, use, use it. <laughs> oh, well. I'll tell you what, if maybe you want to be quoted by a weird website. <laughs> I'll tell you what's made me more human than I was a few days ago, and it's just got me more and more angry, is that Parkinson um, sort of uh, blamed Greg for not getting anything from the game. And it's like, did you see Graham miss from on the goal line the week before, mate? Yeah, like, it's, it's really so weird. So he gets off scot-free because he's your signing. Is that how it works, is it? I think it's worth... I know it was kind of touched on on Monday, but we said on the preview pod, I think it was after the Rochdale game, that don't read in too much to his comments. Rochdale was kind of fair enough to defend his players, given that... Yeah, fair enough, we played shit on that night and we just got beat off Portsmouth. But after another defeat against MK Dons, it was so, you know, that was a defeat, whereas Rochdale was a draw. It was a much, much worse performance. I think that was the time where he needed to come out and be a bit more aggressive and could have maybe not name names like he did with Greg. I think that was quite poor. Well, that was the problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, exactly. you're going to do it, make it a collective he, criticism or yeah. shelf That's what he should have done. He should have came out and, and said, as a collective, they weren't good enough. He should have taken his part of responsibility. But he actually didn't really say anything and he was a bit mealy-mouthed in his say, comments. I agree with that 100%. But I don't know if you saw Lyndon Gooch talking where he actually spoke really well, like... Um, I can't remember the question. He got asked, like, oh, I think he got asked about chances, actually. And he was like, no, I, I gave a stupid foul away for the for the first goal. Totally on me. That's not good enough. And we, and I was listening to him thinking, that's more like it. That's what you want yeah. to hear. He sounded quite motivated, to put it right. Whereas with, with Parkinson's comments, I was a bit like, and again, yeah, you can't read in too much to what they say in the media. You might have given them a massive bollock and behind closed doors. But... That was a defeat, the MK Dons won, where he needed to give the fans a little bit as well. I think he needed to be a bit of a dar, to, to, so to speak. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He needed, them, to, he? he needed to feel... You need to empathise with the fans sometimes, and that was a time to do it, is the point I'm making. Yeah, I agree. I think another 
source of irritation when he was talking on Saturday as well was when he kind of talked about a general trend and then applied it to the game where it wasn't really applicable so we talked about like the chances we created and yes we missed a golden chance through Will Grigg but other than that did we really have any like golden opportunities we didn't create a great deal I don't think on Saturday <coughs> you missed a, a couple of chances but the, I mean well, there was the, there was the one Gooch back. could have put away in the first Three but minutes, I think. But you, you, you're, you're right, Mick. We said this on the reaction pod that it took until MK Dons went 2-1 up for us to really play on the front foot. Yeah, and I just think that that's not really good enough, as I say, to kind of like hide behind what we've been doing in general. Because I understand what you're saying. It's been really frustrating this season, the amount of chances we've created. And I was on the show a couple of weeks ago praising how good our XG was in this <laughs> league. But like I say, you've sometimes just got to come out and like you say, just be a bit dark, call the spade a spade, like say that the collective's not good enough and like state of determination to put it right rather than just kind of hiding behind an individual player miss and talking about something that was basically a, a, a fabrication based on what we did on Saturday. I think even, even if the performance could have been in any way deemed good enough, a result like that at home just simply isn't and you've just got to acknowledge that. And I think what we end up with is a bit of a problem where he was doing similar last season when we were at the real depths of the barrel, you know, when we were sliding down the league, drawing at home nil-nil with uh, Bolton and all that kind of stuff. He was very much the same. It was the same. In fact, people were, I remember criticising him in his post-match because he wouldn't even look at the interview. He didn't seem to be mm. looking the interviewer in the eye. He just looked shifty and like he was really uncomfortable with having to deal with answering questions. So why, uh, uh, in some ways... We should have kind of come to expect this by now, in a way, which is quite think, a shame. Yeah, I think I think just I've probably come across like I wasn't like bothered, but that we lost at home to Milton Keynes on Saturday and like that. Just like to clarify that, like that really isn't what I meant. I just was like, aye, aye. <laughs> all right, I, 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 wait, no, but I was really pissed off at the time, and I think. <clears throat> It, it's like the performance was unacceptable and, you know, the, the team selection was unacceptable. The, the whole day was just a bad day. But it, for me at the minute, and I think I would probably have felt completely different if we were at the match. And I know I've, I've been over and said that, but I just think like, I don't know, I just feel, I feel like a bit weird about it. Like, I just feel it get, like getting carried away. Like, we're sixth. It fe- yeah, like it's, it, it feels it's like... It's time it, to sort it out. Yeah, it, it, it feels like people are trying to contrive a situation that's not quite there. I think, and, you know, part of that is because of what Parkinson, you know, he had that bad start. That's always going to be in people's minds. He is probably going to have to do that little bit more to win a few people over. I get yeah. that. But we're pe- going to have to win on Saturday. We are. Yeah, like, people 100%. are going on like we're in the situation we were in December last year, going in, yeah. playing Doncaster, Doncaster yeah. Wolves away, actually. People are going on like that now where it's like, yeah, we shouldn't be seventh. I get that. And actually, if we do lose, the picture could, we could drop a few players. I've not actually looked at who's playing each other, to be fair. But we could... You know, looking at the points totals teams are on, we could drop a few places. If we lose then, two defeats on the bounce, dropping down the league table that bit more, I, yeah. I'll, I'll totally, you know, and I, I, not that I don't, we don't understand people fuming on Saturday, we do, but you understand the knives be, being out maybe a little bit yeah. more because it's all expectations, isn't it? You know, when Arsenal fans would fume about only finishing fifth, that's because they are used to being in that top four and, mm. you know, some... 
League One fans might look at us being like, well, you know, put a couple of runs, uh, results together and you, you're knocking on the door for second, but we're Sunderland in League One. We shouldn't be in this division. It's all about the expectations that are around the club. I, I do but, understand uh, However, so, Sorry, Mick, but however, if we win on huh. Saturday, we're right back in that promotion yeah. picture and we're knocking on the door. And yes, it doesn't undo that MK Don's result, but people are going on, I think, a little bit... Me, it's hard to put into words because you understand why people are fuming at the same time. But I don't think the picture's as bleak as some people are trying to paint this. It comes down to I think like I do agree with what you're saying, but it's like how do you voice your frustration at the minute? Because obviously you're not totally, the match, yeah. you, you can't let off steam. You can't like have a bit of a shout at the players or whatever, which is completely futile. But you feel better for half an hour. But like now, like what what you're going to do is a form of protest. Like watch the Champions League instead of Sunderland on the midweek night. Like you know what I'm saying? There's no real way to get your anger out there and convey that. So I just I can see exactly what you're saying. But I think like the point we keep making, and I want to keep making it. We're not digging out any fans for being annoyed at this situation because we're annoyed. But no, well, it is. I, I agree the, with that. So That's the, what I was trying to say. Well, the, the thing is as well though, it's like we've been in a much worse situation last season, and he didn't get sacked. I'll come back to it. Why is he suddenly going to be under more pressure? At this stage, where we are in the league, compared to where we were after his first however many games that... I mean, and we were at the games then, and it was bloody mm-hmm. awful. And it was... People are kidding themselves if the anger, if they think the anger now is greater than it was then. Because all the things you have talked about now, about not being in the ground and not being at the games, does matter. And the anger was much, much yeah, worse. It was. Much worse. And rightly right so, it was absolutely yeah. despicable last season. I think it would be really interesting if this takeover news hadn't leaked out to see how people would be reacting. Because I think that has accelerated it, you know, the sea change coming. And so they think, right, great, Partington uh, yeah. might go. Yeah, no, that's how I think people have put two and two together and got like 94. <laughs> and, like, well, this is the other thing, isn't it? Thousands. It hasn't happened. We haven't actually thousands, yeah, over. thousands. Look who he has followed on Instagram. Yeah, but that isn't really the same as buying a football club, <laughs> is it? <laughs> like, but it is, it's almost like, oh, like, this, this kind of shite generates, because, you know, news outlets need stuff. And it's obviously been reported by some serious news outlets. Like, Licky, has, as people have said, it hasn't been denied by the club. But we also have no idea what it's going to look like in practice. As I said on Monday, and I'll repeat it again, Methven, Charlie Methven, has had the biggest say in the running of the club, probably, in terms of he's been hands-on and you know involved a lot more than many others, despite having the smallest share. That Just because someone else then comes in as the bigger shareholder does not mean, with these people potentially staying on, that's Methven, Sartori and uh, Donald, that one of them won't continue to be the yeah. person who does most of the day-to-day running. We just do not know. Yeah. People have heard about a sporting director. People being interviewed for a sporting director role by a man who doesn't own the football club. That, yeah, that's as, as, as right long as, as, as Donald and Methvin are still there. It, 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 it clouds gonna, it. Yeah, it clouds yeah it. I, I'm always going to retain a bit of scepticism until obviously we hear you know what plans are and stuff. But if they're there, well, you're a bit like... Mm. You know they totally. said they were they were unwelcome on Wea side, but you're still sticking around with your with so, your shares that you could. I'm not saying they're going to, but potentially cash in. Yeah, like exactly. well, well this is may, may, maybe you're not as ridiculously unwelcome as as you're but, trying to make out. 
if you're somebody with a ton of money, right, who's interested in owning a football club, it, the price shouldn't really matter. So why aren't you just buying the whole thing? The fact that you're sort of willing to work with people who are currently there yeah. suggests you're not that unhappy with what they're doing. I mean, I'm, I'm possibly reading too. I'm making the same... Uh, I'm guilty of the same things as as others, I guess. I'm reading too much into this. Uh, as far as takeover is concerned, and therefore as far as Parkinson's concerned, I just think we have to consider things are as they are until they change. Definitely. And I if think and as... when someone comes in, then let's talk about... Yeah. And I think as well, that. like, we got, you know, in, um, myself included, we all got really excited with the last takeover. So I think... Exactly. I think people can understand why we might want to... Like you know, excess. You know, I think on on this pod we were a bit more skeptical, general as general as time went on. But you know, when they came in and you know were making gestures to really reconnect the fans of the club, you know, we all got on board with that, and it did seem fairly exciting. So I think it's fair. You know, we've been as a fan base, we've been burned by ownership quite recently. So I think anyone will forgive us for exercising a well, bit of caution. Well, that's kind of my angle news. anyway. Yeah, totally. it's not saying oh god, getting taken over is a bad thing. Yeah, it's exactly. just that it hasn't happened yet, and if it does, we don't actually know anything. There's still questions uh, to be answered. Exactly, yeah, and definitely. We, of course, we're hoping it'll be the start of something new and exciting. But again. Say he comes in and talks the talk. Well, like you've just said, Rory, we've heard the talk. We need to see some action. We do. Um, yeah. Like straight away, probably. Oh, and absolutely. If it happens. And straight away, and that'll come with second Phil Parkinson. <laughs> <laughs> just one final thing on the takeover. I think you're a little bit, you are kind of slightly in limbo over it because realistically, now there's no real room for long term planning until we are out of League One. When we first came down, it was totally different with um, the ownership that came in, like Donald and Metham, because we had two options. We either had to try and blitz the league and just like kind of pay over the odds for players and get like best the best players for the league and like get out at the first opportunity, or like Chris mentions a lot, we had the opportunity to get a really good infrastructure in terms of the youth set up and kind of look to do it a little bit more like how Southampton did it and promote our better prospects from within. Now I don't think there's scope to do that. We just need to get out of this league by any means necessary. So I don't really understand on a short-term basis what the new ownership can offer, if that makes sense. So you're not on board with the idea that Dan Neal, Jack Diamond and Elliot Embleton will turn us into Barcelona of League One? <laughs> not quite. I've just started, like, I'm, I'm exaggerating a bit, but yep. no, no, you're no, not like, on board with the idea that there are young players keep there keep the team who... selection crack but, for, for the second half. Cause right, it all okay. depends what plans apologies, George Reynolds apologies. has. Apologies, you am, won't hear like, from me again. Like, look, I am I am very encouraged like, by the way the under-23s have started this season. Mick, why didn't I just say we're keeping better. this for the second half, man? <laughs> Come right, on. Hey, man, I'm not talking about selection, I'm talking about the under-23s. We need right. to go to a break, we've been gone on for ages. Matt, you were going to say something, then we're going to a break. Boss, wait and talk. Yeah, but I was going to say that it depends what plans George Reynolds has for the club. <laughs> see, that's why that. that's why he was allowed to talk, Mick, because I knew it was well, going to be something like that. This is see, maybe, this is the chemistry you develop. Get me maybe, a Matt, get see. me a Matt in, in midfield, then we can start dictating yeah. things. Maybe right, we're Reynolds going to go to a break. Yeah, when we come back, we're going to look at Doncaster Rovers and maybe rant about team selection, and we've got some Twitter questions as well. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say podcast. Before we look ahead to the game against Doncaster Rovers on Saturday, just to remind you to go to fromtheterraces.co.uk, use the discount code WMS10, get that beautiful looking overshirt that's just launched, or that lovely 
Mowbray jacket that'll keep you looking dry and keep you looking sexy at the same time when you're cutting about when the pubs are hopefully reopened in two weeks' time. And you're know, with a discount code with 10% off. What, what off more the do you basket. want, lads? Don't forget the basket. Oh, yeah, don't forget. I love that, Craig. On <laughs> I Monday's love the pod. basket. Love I, the I, was, basket. I, was, I was out for a run listening to Monday's pod um, on like the next day. And when you were mentioning basket, like nearly had to stop because I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't know that. why. I just enjoy the way it sounds quite a lot. Gareth <laughs> <laughs> Basket. Gareth Basket, yes. yeah, very nice, very nice. Uh, very very but, posh. Yeah, from the terraces.co.uk. <laughs> discount code WMS10. That'll get you 10% off your basket. Yes. Now, Doncaster Rovers, lads. Managed by Darren Moore. He seems like a nice man, Darren He Moore, does, doesn't he? he? I was thinking that, actually, just yeah. how nice he seems. And, I mean, uh, he did a canny job at West Brom, to be fair did? to him, didn't he? I mean, yeah, he should I go partially just sacked, to, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. He was, so. and it's, it's going to be a shame that we're going to make him cry on Saturday <laughs> and we absolutely do over his, his little slugs. Uh, it was mentioned early in the pods as well. <laughs> Doncaster are 11th, pretty in different form, despite you know, the start of the season fairly well, or banging in a few goals. Um, last five league games, won two, lost two, drawn one. <laughs> Those two, the two losses and two and the draw, sorry, being their, their most recent games. A 2-2 draw with Wimbledon with a last-minute mm. equaliser. That's a bit have a word, isn't it, Matt? Well, we lost to Wimbledon on Saturday, so... Oh, <laughs> well. Yeah, very uh, good. Yeah. That's a lovely bit of work. Yeah, it was last minute, that, wasn't it? And I think... We've played Wimbledon several times and they've always been crap. So I think... Mm. And they always seem to finish 21st. So I think <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's not a good result. And I think they lost at home to Crew, playing their second yeah. ever away game. Um, <laughs> lost to Plymouth as well. Lost to Plymouth. Plymouth Who are doing quite right. well, aren't they? I, I, I watched Plymouth on yeah. Monday night. They played uh, Portsmouth at home. Uh, Plymouth were right, probably unlucky not to win that. Actually, Haven't Plymouth 2-2. got quite good home form as well, which I know doesn't count for yeah. much when you don't have fans in, but still. No, but the, the um, they were well. They, they looked good against. They did look good against Portsmouth, um, and probably should have won that game. I think, um, but I, I don't know. I, I think Doncaster. I've not, I've not seen them play. I couldn't. I, I don't know who plays for Doncaster. Rhys well, James, Rhys James, James, Matthew, James. come on. And I, I'm just looking at their... Rhys uh, just a man. Well, I, I'm looking at their club website, right? My favourite thing is that a number of the players don't even have photographs. They're uh, just well, uh, think, a red got, silhouette. I think we've got a bit of that, to be fair. Oh, like. Yes, I love <laughs> it. It's so League One. Like, randomly scattered through the squad is like the addition of words like out on loan and <laughs> in on loan. Except some of them who are in on loan don't have in on loan written next to their name, which I just think is very cryptic. It's like, why are these ones brandished? (laughs) To go back to their form briefly, though, before they went on this little three-game winless run, they did beat Ipswich 4-1, and they beat Portsmouth as well, who I know Mm. Ipswich didn't look great against us, but Mm. I think they beat Ipswich 4-1, and, you know, Portsmouth, we got beat off them recently, to be fair, so they've got something there, and I guess guess it's two sides coming into this in quite similar-ish form as well, if you look at, you know, obviously the defeat for us as well, so the recent draw against Rochdale and recent defeat against Portsmouth I don't know I, th- I think that makes could make quite an interesting game that both sides are probably looking at this as I know still fairly early in the season but a bit of a must win for both sides isn't it yeah 
I wasn't sure who was going to reply. I was sorry, I was looking at the league table. It's like a roundabout where everyone's waiting to give way. No one knows it. Everyone was too polite there. It was nice. Just having a lovely look at the league table. That was was distracting me. Sorry. No, well, no, I think you're right. I think, well, we, I I, I certainly think that we have to win the game um, for Parkinson more than anything else, just to, you know. Just for him, not for the fans or the club. (laughs) Just for Phil. Yeah. So he has a nice day, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want him to go through, go all the way to Doncaster and not have a nice day. You have to drive the bus there <laughs> and then drive the bus all yes. the way back if he wants to get the feathers. Yeah, well, he'll have a stop off on the way, but oh no, he won't at the minute, will he? Oh god, he can't even do that. Can't even have a stop off Services. at like some. No, I was thinking, you know, like a stop off at like a ropey like worker men's club or something like that. Like, <laughs> like, weird, like Frankie four miles bus outside or someone Doncaster. like that would do. Thought it would be something <laughs> like that. Um, Don't not really sure on. Before we recorded, Craig, you mentioned something about their style of play and how potentially that could that could suit us. Well, just from what you've been saying as well. I mean, look at look at the team. Well, weirdly, the teams they've beaten would suggest actually we're one of the ones who might like fall to them. But from what I can gather, they play this kind of counter attacking sort of style or, or the like teams to come onto them. So naturally you would you can see why teams like Ipswich would come undone based on the way they played against us. Possession football. Like you can see how a team when we played Ipswich and when we've played other other sides, we don't when we dominate a game, it's not because we're like relentlessly sort of throwing players forward. We choke teams. Yeah. Uh, I know MK Dons did kind of <clears throat> counter on us because, well, the midfield and defence were just standing still. But if we've got a proper back three, like as in we're not playing uh, Willis with like 50% fitness or O'Nine who isn't a centre-back, we'll suddenly look, I would have thought, much more comfortable in that regard. Uh, they're just a team in the middle of the league. There yeah. just doesn't yeah. seem to be anything specific for, to me to worry about. I'm sure they have one or two players who can cause problems in the way that any team in this league can. You know, you, you randomly come up against them and think, oh, he looks all right. Um, mm. The number 10, I think it was for MK Dons, for example, who'd we been linked to, he looked quite tidy. So did Cameron Jerome. Well, we've come up against him many times at a higher level. He looked good on the pitch and on Twitter when he was taking the piss out of us. Yeah, quite but, funny that, to be fair. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm not particularly concerned. I, I, I do think, what I said on Monday, and I'll say it again, we do, I'd like to see us move away from the back three. You probably won't, but I would quite like to see us move away from it. Yeah. That might bring you on to team selection. I don't know what other people think about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that. Will he ditch the back three because of how poor we were on Saturday? But... Now, with Tom Flanagan and Conor McLaughlin being available again... Is McLaughlin going to be? That is the question. Well, annoyingly, he's not done his press conference today, which I mentioned last yeah. week. So if you're listening, Phil, can you get back to Thursday press conferences? Because they make the pod much easier. <laughs> and we, we don't talk about players. You know, we say plenty of no. things that are already wrong. So we could do, you know, we do with minimising <laughs> it. So, you know, we could do without going through team selection. Then by the time people are listening to this, it's already been debunked. Um <laughs> But I think, yeah, with those extra options, potentially, because either way, Jordan Willis has to come out. We've, we've all spoke about that, either on the reaction pod or on Monday's pod, about he just was not fit, didn't look right at all. So Flanagan in for him. You can bring 
Conor McLaughlin. Well, Sanderson as well. Yeah. I, I just don't understand the Sanderson crap at all. I just really don't. I mean, we're talking about young players that can understand the likes of Dan Neal, Embleton, they haven't had a great deal of football. I know Sanderson hasn't, but you've loaned him in from a higher level to improve your yeah. team, and he's got experience of playing in the division above. And I know we keep harping on about it, but to me, it just seemed crazy given that he can play both centre half and wing back, he said. And then on Saturday, we shifted two people out of position to cover positions he's comfortable playing in. If you're a young lad, talk about man management earlier, that cannot do your confidence any good whatsoever. Well, at the same time, I'm not saying it's the exact same situation, but he brought Declan John on loan in January, and I don't think he ever made a match day squad. So, 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 like, this, is uh... a, so this is my, my point on that would be, that who, who, who's signing the players? Because oh, yeah. because Parkinson like he because obviously like it's the sporting it, director who we're interviewing <laughs> at the moment he, he's making the sign but it just seems really weird because there's been two or three players like I know Tommy Smith was just signed as emergency cover but he's another I forgot one. about him I can't yeah. oh, I forgot him he's, a, bring him he's another one he's another one though who came in and never kicked the ball Declan John never kicked the ball Sanderson's been given limited opportunities so far so obviously there are didn't Tommy Smith of... come on against Oxford away when Bailey Wright got injured? Like no. for maybe and the last few. Oh, was no. that, did he not feature then? I thought you might. I thought because no. I like the he'd, idea he'd of been, more than I wish he had. He'd have yeah. been doing well because we hadn't signed him then. Wow. Oh, oh, do we not? Do we not sign him in January? Oh no, no we signed him late, didn't we? Because he was, was on a. It was really random. Yeah, that's right. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I wonder what he's up to now. I'm gonna have to look. Him up. He signed for another club, I think. Yeah. Oh, he's a Colchester. Well, you know, there's the party connection. Yeah, but, but he obviously kept them up in the championship as well, didn't he? Well, that's it. <laughs> there are some signings that obviously have Parkinson's kind of like fingerprints all over them, like Remy Matthews coming in, etc. But I just think that's it's the only big... thing he's got his fingerprints <laughs> on. To be fair, <laughs> I just think it's strange. But like you said earlier, Rory, how many players who we've signed since Parkinson's come in are now first-team regulars? No, exactly. So, really. so it begs the question: Why are you signing these players if you don't trust them? It's it's, it's literally bizarre. Correct me if I'm wrong. Bailey Rice and well, the yeah, I think that's I think I that think is that it. it. And you could argue, mm. you know, some players of you know Denver Hume has probably played his best stuff. Ledbetter's kind of come Wyke. back in as a, yeah. a Wyke, Wyke as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, would, I would agree with that. But well, speaking of Wyke, would we go for Wyke back to up front on his own? Because that's an interesting thing, is it? Do you start Grig again in the hope of? put that behind you last week it's going to be very telling either way isn't it if because for me i think we are probably i think our best we're best going forward probably looking at us even though i did want to see greg giving a go in a front two the front three of wyke Maguire, even when he's out of form and lyndon gooch as well is probably our <laughs> biggest threat yeah and, and i probably would back, want to see that sorry. but it's going to be very telling isn't it if greg gets that one chance has that glaring miss, which was terrible. And then he's straight out the side when we've seen players like Aidan O'Brien, who, to go back to what we said about him being a Parkinson signing, has been given those chances like more often. Well, I, I think, well, I'll just address your first point first for you. I, I like that front three. And I also like going back to the young players discussion, the opportunity that gives... I think players like Diamond and Embleton to maybe play in a role that is more comfortable for them. And also, like Diamond, for his faults when he's come on as a substitute and stuff, he, you know, he, he, or when he started, he has been playing at wing back, which isn't his position. Uh, and I think some of the errors he makes in terms of his kind of ball retention become less of a problem if it's higher up the pitch. He looks like he can run at people, and we don't have many players like that in the squad. 
So suddenly, if you're playing the front three, you're getting someone like him as a, as a bit of a wild card. If you're playing 4 3 3, which would be my preference, Embleton can also come in potentially as a creative fulcrum in the midfield. He gives you something different. I also think it makes the midfield three that if we if we were to use that, that we have used now, suddenly has a different complexion if you go four at the back. I think having Ledbetter sitting deep in front of a back four is less of an issue. Absolutely. And it kind of releases the other two players. <clears throat> now, if he doesn't go to a back, a back four and he continues with what he's got, I agree. I think unless he changes the system back to that two flank and the forward and he just drops Grigg and plays, say, Graham, I think it's... Yeah, that's probably more telling. I think I think that's a really good point, though, Craig, on the back four thing and Ledbetter dropping in because the only reason to play three at the back it does does have its merits. Don't get us wrong, but to but keep persistent, to keep persistent with it is the way it utilises our fullbacks or our best mm-hmm. fullbacks. Mm-hmm. That is or nine and innocent, especially Denver Hume. Yeah, the fact that it doesn't expose them as much. But if you've got Grant Ledbetter sitting in front of that back four, he can drop in and, you know, when exactly. we, when we don't have the ball, when we're going forward or when we don't have the ball, becomes a third centre-half by proxy. You know, at a higher level, we've seen players like Lee Catamol do that. We've seen, you know, Jan Kirchhoff, Jan and Villa do that as well. Like, it, it can be done. You don't need to have three centre-halves to protect those full-backs. And, you know, with those full-backs still being given that freedom, and like you say, in the... It does allow you maybe to bring this player like Embleton into that midfield three as well. And it still gives that support to Maguire and Gooch as well. I think I think it's got a lot of merits, but I just don't see yeah. him actually changing. I don't think he's going to do that. The, the problem is with a 3-5-2, it kind of encapsulates Parkinson as a manager in that when it's really, really good, it's great to watch. And last season, we saw the way we just destroyed um, Wickham at home. We destroyed Lincoln at home. But when it's bad, like on Saturday and like that Gillingham away game last year, it is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. And, I, and I just think it's all about how you utilise it. Um, I wouldn't be against them switching up and going for the back. I think on your point about whether you include Grigg on Saturday, I think the question you've got to ask yourself is, if he didn't make that glaring miss, would you be bothered about him being dropped? Oh, I think probably not. That, that, he, that's, that's a question. So what he worked hard. He did did well to create that chance for Lyndon so, Gooch early on. But I, th- I think Gareth did a, a good tweet about it, saying, you know, it's not the point he deserves. You know, to be have a bit of a dig. Well, more than a dig, really, for that terrible miss because that was a game changing moment. Any professional footballer should put that away. But there were some glimpses from him, and he was working hard, and he was looking to make things happen. But. Yeah, I don't, it's just such a the Grig situation so, so in general. This is it. So it's, it's kind of it? so you do what's best for the team. So although I think the Grig played well, other than the miss on Saturday, I do also think that I agree with what you were saying about having Wyke up front and having Gooch and Maguire playing off him actually like suits the team better. So you've got to do what's best for the team in every circumstance. So as much as like I've been very kind of sympathetic towards Will Grigg and I would love to see him succeed here, I don't think you can just keep you don't have like a moral obligation to play him into form, if that makes sense. You've got no, to just no, do what's not, best yeah. to get a result on Saturday. So absolutely I think you've just got to, you've got to go with what's best for us. But I don't know if Parkinson always does go what's best for the team though, because to be fair, when you've got more <laughs> when you've got more options <laughs> you can keep your back three whereas we had less options what would have been best for the team against MK Dons when we had less options would have been to go to a back four so and I don't think he's particularly he's not very knee jerky is he He is quite like a placid fella I think he will 
stick to his system for for many reasons, really. But with more options, I don't see him changing it. The time of change it was wet was last week when you had Luke O'Nine and Lyndon Gooch playing out of position, you know, nullifying the attacking threat. Whereas <clears throat> you can keep them in their position, you can put them in more natural positions, keep them in the team. And yeah, I just I don't think he's. I'd like I'd like to see something a bit different. I think we need freshening up a little bit, especially when players are out of form. Sometimes that helps them as well, breathes a bit of new life into the team, just shaking up your system. But I don't know, Matt. You've been quite quiet. I feel like you've been stewing on this. What do you think? Have, what do you think he's doing system wise on Saturday? I I don't think he'll change the back from the back three. Um, I think he's decided that that's what he's going to do and I agree with you in that if he was going to change it well he'd have changed it when you were playing Luke 09 at centre-half um, and Lyndon Gooch at right-back so I don't <laughs> think he's going to change it um, and I, I don't think he'll play Greg either um, <clears throat> I think he'll play he'll go back to White up front and to be honest I, I agree I, I, I do feel sorry for Greg I do but like you can't be missing chances like that, and I think we. I I, I agree with Mick, and we we don't have time to play him in the form. Like if you'd have stuck, if you'd have started at the start of the season and kept him in the team Agreed. for the first six games, then yes. But to to like to leave well, not necessarily leave White out of the team, but to nullify White's game by playing Greg with him, which it, which it does, it makes it did, White less time. effective. I don't think we've got the time to do that, and Parkinson probably feels that he personally doesn't have the time to do that. Um, with the way things have gone, maybe if we'd have gotten away with a draw and even turned the, the game around without Griggs, without uh, Grig putting that away on Saturday, even if someone else had you know stuck two goals away in the last five minutes, I, st- I just he might have got away with it then, leaving him in the team. But I, he just can't. I, for me, I think he will take him out of the team, and I would. Also, take him out of the team if I was if I was picking it. I, I I agree with everything you say. I do think we'll stay with the back three as well. Partly, and this is an underrated thing I think in football. To, to change it, you would have to spend a lot of time working on going back to a back four with the players, building partnerships and all that kind of stuff. And I think that is an underrated thing when people talk about systems. They think you can just they think it's football manager and you just move some counters around yeah, on a screen, screen, and it's a lot more than that. But what I do believe about a back four, what it will give you that we don't get at the minute is more players in the positions where they're most effective and also more options. So it's not just the likes of Embleton and Diamond who would benefit from that. It's players who are in the first team right now. Sanderson suddenly, you could just use him as a sort of standard right back. McLaughlin becomes an option at right back in a back four if you put Mm. someone in front of him like Maguire because he can just sit yeah, it frees a lot of players up in a lot of different positions. You can start thinking about all nine as a midfielder again, I and as well, well. McLaughlin as a right back with Hume at left back. You can be quite, exactly. you know, not not to go too like tactics nonsense about it, but you can be like quite asymmetrical, can't you? Yeah. Doesn't have to be exactly the same on both Lovely sides. Lovely manager turn that mind, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely, but, but it's true. It's true. There's, we've, you, you can. Know, there's flexibility. Dismissed out of hand. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> That's the only football manager terminology I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, you were being summoned to a board meeting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes, oh, no, no, no. You've been summoned to see. <laughs> Not Big again. Boss. 
I'm just sending me assistant, darling. Well, will <laughs> Phil Parkinson be being summoned to see Big Boss after the game on Saturday? <laughs> Which well, is Big Boss, though? But no one before, knows. Well, exactly, yeah. Go, has to go into an empty boardroom and sack himself. <laughs> Gets called up on Skype. <laughs> Let's do some predictions before we go to Twitter questions. Craig, come to you first. I think we'll win 2-0. And uh, there's no reason for believing that other than it's League One. Fair enough. Wike, Wike will score and Gooch. There you go. Lovely. Mickey Loff, how about you? Well, play okay, but draw 1-1 one, one, and Twitter will go into meltdown. Oh, when you put it like that, it's it makes sad. it sound quite exciting. Sad now. Sad. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Oh, yeah, I'm for excited it. about the meltdown, but sad about the result. Yeah. Are you a bit more optimistic than Mickey Matthew? Yeah, I think we'll win 3 uh, 1. <laughs> Connor Saucy. Mac back on Quite the back. For you, yeah, though. C Mac uh, getting the first. And Three. then uh, <laughs> after we've gone 1 0 down to an early uh, Reese James goal. Obviously. Um, Got mixed up. Apparently been playing in midfield, Reese James. So you never and know. It could be a thunderbolt. Well, in the best, uh, League One's best midfield. Well, obviously they're the team we're playing this week, so they're the they're the best midfield. Well, yeah, well I'm hearing things, anyway. hearing things about uh, Ben Whiteman. Well, right. just what do you know about him? Ben, Anyone? just a man, as far as I'm concerned. Well, there you go. Um, but he's going to be on the losing side, <laughs> I'm going to say. He's um, going to get sent off. He is. He's going to get sent off as we Lovely. win 2-0. Uh, I agree, Craig, on not just scoreline, but Charlie White. And how about Will Grigg coming off the bench? Oh. Wrapping it up. The redemption. Spicy. That's this is really where, spicy, that. This is where the run starts. Right, before we run out of time, because you've been gone on for a while, we've had a few Twitter questions sent in. Let's go through a few of these. Uh, JR at Jake1602 is asking us, how do you think each of the first... Well, not, we won't go through each, but each of the first 11 would handle a night out in Sunderland. So I'm going to rephrase the question slightly. Bit of a, a standard lot. question, to be fair. Not the most, not the most creative question here, Jr. But who, 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 who do you reckon would Harsh. be good? Who do you reckon would be good value on a night out in the current squad? Maguire, hey, Matt. Um, Maguire, Max yes. Power. Yeah, yeah. A couple um, of votes for Maguire there. Someone would agree. Un- underrated, no. maybe. What about maybe Connor, Mike? Mac? What about Mac? You love him. You want to go I love him, yeah, but thing? I think he, I don't think night a night out for him. I think more like a few pints on a, like a Sunday afternoon. I think you're right with White. Like White's, White's definitely an underrated like pint. Oh, like with with power as well. Good like, double like, acts. The two lads that don't go out that often together, but when they do, it's like chaos. Yeah, I, I reckon um, with Luke or nine, you'd have a will off in between the situation. Where like where they're bullying them, they're bullying them into taking like drugs and stuff, and then he'll like, <laughs> wow, and then friend. you can just imagine, you can just imagine Luke all night like stood outside Cooper Rose, mummy or ambulance. <laughs> Absolutely, I think you'd have the worst night out of your life if you went out with Luke all night. Uh, no, I think it would be worse with White and uh, Power because you'd wake up with unspeakable things that have happened. To yeah, you. But like, at least it wouldn't. At least it wouldn't be boring though. At least it wouldn't be boring. That's the crucial. I, I, I thing. do think though that like Max would like document every minute of a night out on the social. Exactly. So. Well, yeah, but he'd do, what, it on his, he'd do it on his private one, where so that's yeah. fine, where, where he doesn't let anyone follow him on that. Believe, yeah. believe us, we've tried. Oh, we've none tried. of us have mentioned Danny Graham here. <laughs> none of us have mentioned Danny Graham. Oh, right yeah. Danny boring, Graham loves yeah. a pint. Like, come on. Well, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, I don't like He's him. not boring. Like, he's, he's not boring. Like, I don't want to spend time with him. He's he's clearly too not boring. That's the thing. Like Man, that's, maybe. that's partly but, the issue. But, but um, like now that I'm into this white power idea, which would definitely be like the bad thing. In you want to be careful. Remember that you episode say that, was Mike. the bad thing. 
Oh, the bad thing in peep show. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what it would be like, wouldn't it? Them two on a night out. <laughs> the bad thing be the same thing as what the bad thing is in peep show as well. Is that what you're saying? I hope not. Okay. I don't know. No. Well, you'd have to oh, ask no. them too, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a question here from Daryl anyway. Gray. Um, where would you go on holiday if it was just you and Connor Mack? So I think I think this is I think this is aimed I think this is aimed at you. To be fair, Matthew, what would you Busy. eat? Do you think? Wait there. What would you eat? What would you do? And what would you see? <laughs> I'd like wow. to go to Berlin with him. Great really? uh, Yeah, really? a few. Yeah, because like you know, you go to Berlin, we'll have a few beers. Nice food, and then there's loads of like museums and stuff. And I think he'd be well into all of that stuff. So yeah. I think um, I'd like to go to Berlin for a weekend with Conor McLaughlin. Yeah, that agree. sounds really. Uh, that, that sounds that sounds fantastic. What a lovely um, time. Got one from Lee here um, at Lee <laughs> underscore B six six. Idiots versus Dars of the Pod in a tag team match. Who's winning? See, this I, is it, right? So what do I qualify as? Am I a Dar or an idiot? Well, the tag team match is traditionally two, Mickey, so I think he's gone for We're the... We're just tra- the refs. You could, you could be our manager type. Great. You could like, oh, accompany yes. us oh, to the right, ring. Sorry, I didn't, well, hear, I didn't hear the tag team bit. Sorry. So yeah. I've got a scenario for you. I've got a scenario okay. for you. You know, Stephen's in the ring, and then out of nowhere, his brother turns up oh, with no, the ladders. Yes. <laughs> the ladders. I think that Stephen won. He's won. Well, yeah. I, I think, think it would be... I think Stephen would Paul, win because Paul. he would... He would... Uh, <laughs> he would it would turn up, it wouldn't be a steel chair, it would be a cheap plastic garden furniture chair <laughs> and he'd wrap it round your head. <laughs> I think uh, Gareth would uh, remain, Gareth would have some dirty tricks up his sleeve for me. I don't Do know really? why, I just feel like he'd be a strategist. He'd have it all <laughs> planned yeah. out. Admind. Fact, true. Like, he is, he is the king of admin. particular match. That he might true. write the script for it. Yeah, definitely. I'd see him mm. like, I'd see Gareth as the manager type with Stephen being like, the the wrestler the Steve Austin the Steve Austin yeah exactly the yeah. parallels are there so, Stephen even has a yeah. has a beard sometimes as well he the... could get it into a little gaudy start Love bashing it. some cans together and stuff like that Love I it. think Love the idiots have got this one because I think the Gareth and Steven would start bickering throughout the yes oh, good <laughs> point actually yeah I think me and Matthew would definitely be more of a team than Gareth yeah. and Steven yeah. Yeah. distraction on the sidelines from Gareth he's trying to get Stephen to tag him. Stephen's drenching himself in Budweiser or whatever, doing a Steve Austin shit. <laughs> but like, maybe it's a disqualification then when Paul comes with the. Uh, yeah, the but maybe, you know, ladders. referee gets knocked out, all the usual sort of cliches. Um, but yeah, it would be. I love how was... iconic those ladders are. I don't think I've had a chance to say that yet on, on a podcast. <laughs> Should have said oh, it on Monday, just... really, when I was talking to Stephen. Talking to Stephen, but, uh, yeah. I wonder if he's. I wonder if he's taking his ladder to Doncaster. Modern I stadium. Hope so. Good luck so... charm. He's been a good luck charm. Need a cherry picker to get into there. Yeah, yeah he would, true. wouldn't he? I, I don't see how he can go about that one. Um, couple more before we go. <laughs> um, Gary Jerry sent in quite a few. I'm going to pick out this wow. one. Who would be in the Wise Men Say Five Aside team? Well, Ooh. us four. Us four, obviously. Oh, we're letting. We've got to let Gary Foster in. Actually, I was going to say Gary Foster would probably be the other one. Gary, well, there we go then. He's brilliant in five aside. Gary Foster. People think we're joking, but he dictates. Well, there's there's going to be absolutely raging that we haven't included in mind. Who will? Stephen. Well, I've never actually played with Stephen. Stephen only played five aside with us once, like before. So I can't judge his ability. Yeah. So yeah, us four and Gary. And I'm on this podcast, so I'm picking. Yeah, with you know, I'm dropping him. There we go. Nice. Tarshan Watto, but well, he's not really part of the team, though, is he? At the same time, I Pat will get him in as well. <laughs> well, you would have thought. Gary Foster just got in there because he's the uh, 
What what's it, you're right, he dictates the play. He does. He's he like, does. It's his birthday in a, a few months. I know, exciting. <laughs> a few months. <laughs> right, to be fair, he's good at bombing up and down the pitch as well, and he so uh, oh. <laughs> all right yeah right i'm gonna end on this one from hazy which is would you rather be a dog or a cat wild or domestic as well interesting little twist on that gonna i want an answer from everyone for this craig well, you matthew first. matthew first i feel like all right come on matthew dog. first also does Ma- mick actually huh? so well, I don't uh, know. A, a, um a domesticated dog because you just get to eat treats all day and go for walks <laughs> and do whatever you want yeah. And no one ever tells you what. Well, I don't tell him off. Oh, it's people illegal. do tell dogs off. Uh, it's a bit really harsh. Wait. What about you, Craig? How do you feel? I'd probably be a cat because you get all the good stuff and you're independent where you just go to other people's houses and get fed by them as well. I agree. Yeah. Cats, you just yeah. like sleep all day and don't have to do any. You don't even have to bother with walks and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you can just be like, nah, I'm going to sleep for 18 hours. And anyone daft enough to own you is like letting you in and out of the house, they're feeding you, they clean your crap up. I know people do that for dogs, but dogs have to stay on a lead. Yeah, cat you can just go and you're like, who knows what they're getting up to. What about you, exactly. Mick? Cat or dog, wild or domestic? Oh, domesticated as well. I don't, I don't want to be a... Oh, no, you'll be a lion if you're non-domesticated. No, wait, okay, I'm being that. Right, I'm a lion now. Um, um, right, Mick, what about you? Are you a lion? <laughs> I'm going or a to- lamb. I'm going to domesticate a dog because everything's just the best thing ever. Every day is the best day ever. So other than this, <laughs> other than the possible side effects of living your life as Luke or nine, I can't really see any downsides. <laughs> Very what, good. What well, would you rather be? Me, really? What would you the be? best thing ever? Hopefully Saturday you? is oh, the best oh, day gone, ever when we. Hopefully Saturday is the best day ever when we absolutely smash Doncaster Rovers at the Keyboard Stadium. Darren Moore might be a nice man, but Parky's gonna break his thumbs and do them over and see off those little thumbs. slugs. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not going to break his legs. He's going to break his thumbs. Just breaking Darren Moore's thumbs, down. Darren Moore would absolutely bat a part <laughs> Yeah, he life. would actually, wouldn't he? Yeah, he would, yeah. Is Darren Moore the hardest manager in League One? He could be. I don't know a lot about them. Steve Evans for me. Steve Evans. Paul Lamb. <laughs> yeah. Paul, um, oh, actually, I bet Kenny Jackett's like quite handy. You oh, know? I bet he's nasty. Yeah. He knows I reckon the he's crazy. not, but he knows, he knows people, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right, he does. Well, before we liable any managers, because <laughs> we were getting there, um, I think we should probably get out of here. It's shit after losing MK Dons, but hopefully the lads are going to put a smile on our face. We're going to be beaming like Luke 09 come five o'clock on Saturday night, and hopefully it'll be a lovely, lovely, lovely smiley reaction pod on Saturday night as well. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Sort of disappeared in the middle there because the dog was sick. Oh no! Oh, oh nice. He must have it's been sick right. at the thought of watching Sunderland play. Okay. Becky, Becky cleaned it up. So. Oh, well.